This is High Motor by BetMGM. Andrew Doughty and Chase Kitty here with the final episode before we finally get a game week. Today we're going to do a roundup of college football futures like we did for the NFL after we did those eight divisional previews. We kind of came back, I think it was the following week, and capped it by discussing numbers we didn't get to, numbers we might have missed. I think we both gushed over a couple Panthers numbers that we missed and numbers that we that might have moved that we kind of wanted to revisit. And before we do that, this will be a shorter episode because there just aren't as many college football futures. With the NFL, there are so many different variations that we just didn't get to. So this will be a shorter episode. Before we get to that, I made up a bet. And this bet does not exist. But as I was rolling through some stuff recently, it popped into my head. And I want to get your take on it because this is purely aimed for you. Nobody else. Okay. Ole Miss or Indiana to win their conference. Only one of them needs to do it. Minus 110. Or Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma all to make the playoff. Minus 110. You have to take a side. Which side are you taking? Again, Ole Miss or Indiana... Ole Miss or Indiana to win their conference. So either Ole Miss needs to win the SEC or Indiana needs to win the Big Ten. Only one of them needs to do it. Or Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, all of those four teams have to make the playoff. You have to take one side of this bet. Both are minus 110. Don't give me the whole rundown of mutually exclusive bullshit odds Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll take Indiana or Ole Miss, but I don't understand why I have to take one of those at minus 110. I would never take either of those bets at minus 110. I should have known. I mean, mean, in what world would either of those bets be minus 110? I mean, come on. I knew this was going to be a shorter episode. 15, 20 minutes, maybe. I'm fine with ending it at three. <laughs> I told you before. That's great. We had this meaty-ass episode with Sam a couple days ago. And now in your podcast feed, new push notification, three minutes and 25 seconds. Hi, MotorPod. I was excited about this. I mean, it's a fun bet. I just don't, I wouldn't, I mean, I've I've spoken my piece. Ole Miss or Indiana, lock me in. You want to talk about this some more or you're good? No, I'm good. Sweet. (laughs) I thought we might have gotten 10 minutes out of that because I thought it was fun. I thought you were going to give me this whole rant about what are the odds that all these teams at the playoff again, just all this shit. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to defend that pick. I guess one of them would be on one side, I need four things to happen and there are only four slots and on the other side i need one of two possible things to happen and those things are in direct competition with each other because if for for example if indiana wins the big 10 ohio state's probably not going to the playoff so yeah give me the left side of it even though i would never take it at minus one thing cool thanks chase you're welcome one of the things that we barely talked about and maybe i'm wrong on this but i think we only talked about now, or excuse me, playoff odds last week with Cincinnati. Did we bring up playoff odds in any of the other P5 episodes? I don't, I don't think we did. I mean, maybe like in passing, but I, I think we mostly were concentrated on win totals. So I am excited to sort of look at things in the broader playoff picture here specifically. Yeah, and I know that like you and I kind of get sick of like the playoff scenario talk. I think it's fascinating, but I think there's a time and place 
And unless we actually, I mean, you said, I think it was a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the Pac-12 preview and we just didn't have a ton of content. You're like, hey, let's go full talk radio on this. What needs to happen for the Pac-12 to make the playoff? It, that It's just like too general of a question. And as you know, which you gave the caveat full talk radio, I don't like that kind of playoff discussion. But I think in terms of like when we brought it up with the G5 with Cincinnati, I think it's just very a very simple, very clear equation for how Cincinnati gets there and their path for getting there. So I think there there is like some context and there are some situations where you should be talking about playoff odds. The one that I want to ask you about specifically is Oregon plus 600. I know that you're not going to be on this because I'm higher in Oregon than you are, and I'm not even sure if I'm on this. For me, this is a matter of like, do you go all in on Oregon, me being somebody who's high on Oregon this year, because that win total of nine, like we talked about in the Pac-12 episode, minus 110, I love that number. I don't hate them at plus 250 to win the Pac-12 either. So do I reach for the 600, like purely from a betting strategy standpoint? If I just feel really good about Oregon, do I take win total of nine, take the over, minus 110, put a pretty good amount of money on that, and then just sit and enjoy it? Enjoy the 10-2, and enjoy the 11-1, and as opposed to going all in on them at plus 600? Because that number isn't huge, but it has my attention enough. Like purely from a betting strategy standpoint, if you were in my position, would you just go all in on that because that number is reasonable at 600? Well, what I'm remembering back from our Pac-12 episode is that you really, you think the Oregon over for the win total is just done deal. Like it's It's a lock. It's a lock. You can't even believe the number's that low. So if I felt that way about it, I would take the free money. I would start there. Now you're you're looking at uh, what's the Oregon bet you like at plus six hundred? What is it? Six hundred to make the playoff. To make the playoff. Okay. Um. Well, you're you're talking about the Pac-12 having a team make the playoff for the first time in several years at this point. So, do you think six hundred is a good enough payoff to take that level of risk? Because you're talking about they got to win the conference. They got to do it while losing probably zero or one games, and they have to get lucky on the back end with how all the other marbles shake off. I would argue that six to one is probably not high enough odds for me to want to incur that level of risk, given the historical profile of the Pac-12 winner. But if you really like them, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta go for it, right? I wouldn't do it, but maybe you would. So maybe is, is this a conversation like we had for Cincinnati where I said I like the value at 1100 but hey, let's take a look at there. I think there are only four Cincinnati games were posted. If you parlayed those four, I think the number was like plus 450, plus 475. And yeah, maybe you could end up getting a bigger parlay. Two parlays are just taking each money line as you go for Cincinnati over those 13 games. If they go 13-0, they're making the playoff. Is that, big, is that number bigger than 1100 In the case of Oregon... I mean, could you get there? And like, even if you take out the Ohio State game, because I don't think they're going to get that game. I like Oregon to make the playoff to do it at 12 and 1, because I think there's enough meat on the wrestler's schedule where they could probably do that. So at 600, is that something that you wouldn't take? Because Oregon then would go 12 and 0 in the games that I'm betting on, the money line not being Ohio State. And I mean, I don't expect you to have all the money line numbers pull up in front of you for Oregon. All of them probably aren't even posted yet, but it feels like that number is low enough where maybe 600 isn't the right play. 
instead looking at all those money lines and whether yeah. that's a parlay roll or them over them week to week. That's what you're yeah. saying. You're saying roll them over week to week. Yeah, I would rather do that. I, I'm sure the math works out where that's a better move for you. I think it's the more interesting conversation is, you know, what if Oregon goes 11 and one, loses to Ohio State, but runs the table in the Pac-12? So I guess they, they'd be 12 and one, not 11 and one. What if they go 12 and one, lose to Ohio State, run the rest of the table? Are they still a playoff contender? What if they beat Ohio State, but lose a regular season game and go 12 and one, Pac-12 champions, but they lost, you know, let's say to Cal, you know, or some dumb game. Do they get the benefit of the doubt there? What if they beat Ohio State, perfect regular season, losing the Pac-12 title game? You know, there there are so many variables on the playoff bets, on on making the field, that I want to feel confident that I have more than one path to getting into that field. And with Oregon, I'm just not sure that they're going to get the benefit of the doubt like maybe a non-champion Ohio State or a non-champion Alabama would. So that, that that makes me a little nervous when the payout is only 6 to 1. Anybody that falls kind of into that bucket for you in these odds again just to make the playoff, not to make not to win the national championship. Anybody that kind of falls into that bucket for you where that number is high enough where you consider it but you're still not sure if that's the right play as opposed to rolling those games over. Uh, I think the only one I would say is Iowa State because, and and importantly, they kind of fly in the face of everything I was just talking about, right? Not a lot of pathways for Iowa State. I just feel really good about the team they're going to be this year. So that's a case of me. I'm I'm willing to sort of break my own philosophy because of how strongly I feel about one specific team and the fact that they'll be there at the end of the season in the Big 12 title game, zero loss team, maybe a one loss team. And they could they could find their way into the field. Now, I don't want to hold a title ticket for Iowa State because I don't think they're going to win the whole thing. But I think they could be 12-1, and one, win the Big 12 championship, and be the four seed. I absolutely think that could happen. Yeah, look at the gap. I mean, Iowa State plus 450 to reach the playoff. Have you? Do you know what their odds are for national championship? Oh, I'm sure it's massive. What do you uh, think it is if you haven't seen it? At least... At least two thousand. I mean, yeah, twenty five hundred. So it goes from four fifty to twenty five hundred. Obviously, two wins over, I don't know, Georgia and Alabama or Clemson and Alabama. So I mean, there's a reason for it. But that gap from four fifty to twenty five hundred. Now that I think about it, that, actually is probably the perfect comparison for for Oregon because I kind of see the Oregon at Ohio State like a Iowa State going down to Oklahoma. I don't think Iowa State's going to win that game, but I don't know if they have to win that game in order to get in the playoff because they'll get another shot at Oklahoma, presumably in the Big 12 championship, 12-1, and even with that loss to Oklahoma in Norman, a win versus Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship and enough meat on their schedule against those second, third, fourth-tier teams in the Big 12. So I think you're right. I think the the comparison is probably perfect. There's a little bit of a, a difference in odds. Again, Oregon at 600, Iowa State at 450. But that's probably the perfect comparison. But then going to my question, don't you think there'd be more money line value in taking every Iowa State game? I mean, even just the Iowa game, I don't have a pull up in front of me, but I think Iowa State was like minus 250 or something like that on the money line. Wouldn't rolling over those 12 games that are not at Oklahoma probably give you more return than Iowa State at 450? Maybe. I would think so. Yes, and it's almost it's almost the same landscape 
But there are scenarios, I guess, where Iowa State goes 12 and 1. They beat Oklahoma twice. But they lose, you know, in Morgan Kansas, or something. maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, they, they yeah, maybe to Kansas, game. yeah, yeah, Texas Tech. Maybe they drop that game. So maybe, may, I mean, that that's always your risk, though, when you're rolling stuff over like that. Is is you can get to the end of the finish line, but maybe there there are bumps that you don't foresee uh, in the road, and that that can mess you up. I don't know, man. I I I I tend to think. That a lot of the top of the uh, will this will this team reach the playoffs is a little priced out, and I, I think I would prefer to go down the down the line a little bit and look at some teams with longer odds, or maybe stay away from it entirely and start looking at divisional winners because I really think there are some interesting opportunities with division winners and then the Heisman odds. Yeah, let's talk about division winners. I have one note on this, but I'm curious where you want to go first. This is we brought this up. A little bit with some of the conference previews, but I don't think we touched on all the division winner odds. Where do you want to go for this one? Well, first of all, just a note off the top that I think is hilarious. Actually, cut that because I just realized I was going to say I think it's hilarious that the Coastal doesn't have odds, but I think it's because I'm in Virginia. So never yeah, mind. they have odds. That's yeah. what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> okay, well, let me go to West Virginia and look at the Coastal. Is it because... Oh, you were you in? You were in Virginia. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. So I guess let's start with uh, maybe the coastal odds because we're probably on opposing sides of this. Miami and North Carolina both sitting there at plus one thirty, and I'm sure you like North Carolina at plus one thirty there, and I'm sure that I like Miami at plus one thirty there. Yeah, I think this is pretty simple for me. We talked about this, how much I liked in North Carolina over nine and a half. North Carolina is just the better team. And they get Miami at home. No Clemson on the schedule. Like, in these odds specifically, you can just ignore everybody else down the line. Virginia Tech, etc. There's no dart throw needed here. You don't need to overthink these odds. It's between these two teams. Georgia Tech, 35 to 1. Kind of disappointed with how slow the rebuild is going for Jeff Collins because I pumped him pretty hard. So I need Jeff to get the shit together down there, Atlanta. Anyways, North Carolina is the better team with a more friendly schedule. This is pretty simple for me. Even if North Carolina was at like one, 110 and Miami was down at 150 or 175, I still would take North Carolina here. I don't know why we didn't talk about this in the ACC episode. I know that was, I don't know, four or five weeks ago now. Maybe they weren't posted, but I like this number a lot at plus 130. I hear everything you're saying. I'm just going to ride with Miami. I've looked at the rosters. I've looked at the teams. I've looked at the schedules. I like Miami. We talked about it in the ACC episode, so I don't think we God, you're wrong. Totally rehash that. Way off. I don't know, man. I think we need a side bet here. I do think we need a side bet, like a and a good side bet, too. Like somebody, somebody needs to do something embarrassing when they're wrong about this. Maybe both Podcasting of us win when UVA goes and wins the Coastal and, and plays Clemson in the title game. Then, oh, then we both have to go sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours or something. Yeah, sweet. We get another like 50 to 10 ACC championship game. Great. <laughs> Thanks Can't a wait. lot, Cavs. Any other divisional odds you want to get to? Sure. Uh, so forget about the SEC East, right? That, it's just not yeah. not really interested in anything there. Uh, Georgia is a huge favorite for a reason. They have a great schedule, as we talked about in the SEC episode. They're winning the East, but you're not, you know, you're not going to pay four bucks to get them at that price. So it's it's just kind of a wash. 
The SEC West. Obviously, I'm going to tell you that Ole Miss at 16-1 is a steal. It's so good, man. It's so good. They don't is even have really, to win the... Is it, is it really a steal, though? They don't even have to win the SEC championship game. They There's just a... got to win the West and be in the game, and it's 16-1? to 1? At best. At best, they're the third best team in that division, and the gap is huge. I know that you want to believe this so bad, but there's a difference between a dart throw and a steal. All right, well, let me give you... You're right, maybe steal was the wrong word. I think 16-1 to 1 is a great price. How about that? Fine, fine. I love that they get Alabama early. I love that... I want to say Alabama's first conference game. I don't have it right in front of me. I'm pretty sure their first conference game is Ole Miss. And yes, the game is in Tuscaloosa, but this screams it would be better if this game was in November than week five to me. So I think that's a huge benefit to Ole Miss. They get Texas A&M in Oxford. I believe they have to go to Auburn. I think they get LSU at home. It's just give me all of this. I'm still riding the lane train. The only va- I'm not touching anything in the SEC West, but the only value I see there is maybe a couple bucks on AM at 600, but that number is not. I mean, I would prefer like at eight or 900. I just think AM has closed the gap, kind of using what we just talked about with Sam, that, you know, your theory of, of returning production and all that. I think AM is closing that gap a little bit, but at 600, I'm not, I'm not totally sure if I'm there yet. I, I feel great um, about something being a good bet in this division. I just, I'm not 100% sure what it is. Obviously, I believe in Ole Miss. But, I mean, if you told me that that Auburn was going to figure some shit out this year because, you know, new coach and Bo Nix really? all of a sudden, he's got his shit together. I'm, I'm not saying that's the thing that's going to happen. I just feel strongly that it's not going to be Alabama at minus 450. It's going to be something else here. This is the year where something else happens here. Maybe it's LSU again. Maybe it's A&M. Maybe, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Arkansas or Mississippi State. Great. So let's throw a little bit of money down on everybody but Bama. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, that's what it's I'm, not the that, worst strategy. That's kind of what I'm saying, though. Like I, I, don't, I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm confident that one of these longer tickets is going to cash. I'm in. Big Ten West. How do you feel about your Gophers? You know, I mentioned this on the Big Ten episode. This would be, I think this will ultimately be a stay away division for me. But if I am putting anything here, it would be 10 or 15, 20 bucks on Minnesota at plus 1,000. I, I mentioned this before. I just don't think the gap from Wisconsin and Iowa, Wisconsin's at minus 115, Iowa's at plus 185. Yes, those are the two best teams in the, in the division. I agree with that Wisconsin's the best team in the division and Iowa's the second best team. I think the odds are perfectly reflective of where on the field this division sits. But the gap from Iowa to Minnesota, I mean, you're saying, what is it, 8-15? That's what I just don't see here. And there are a lot of questions about the Gophers on defense. I get that. There are a lot of questions. If Tanner Morgan kind of bounced back from a weird year, I get all that. But purely from a value standpoint, I just don't think the gap is that big. So if I'm throwing any money down this division, it would be, 10, 15, 20 bucks on the golfers and nobody else. I think this is probably a stay away from me, but I will say listening to, you know, lots of different gambling podcasts, lots of different media sources. I've done some radio the last couple weeks. So I've heard a lot of arguments about the Big Ten West. 
I have heard very compelling cases for Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Wait for it. Nebraska at plus 1100. You have not heard. I absolutely have. And what I were you doing radio in Lincoln? I mean, I will send it to you when we are Christ. done recording this episode. Evidently, I'm not locked into Scott Frost recruiting, but evidently the roster at Nebraska coming Stop. into this season, Jesus. best it's ever been. And if they can figure out the quarterback situation, then they have a real shot. I just think that's a big if. I, I think that is, uh, you know, you like you just alluded to, that's a real no, Lincoln sell. Move on. Yeah, we're good here. I mean, <laughs> I'm all for, I'm, no. <laughs> Pac-12 North, you got I'm going to buy there? you a Nebraska ticket in your name and send it to you. So you can hold it. Maybe Tom Herman will replace Scott Frost. Oh, you would love that so much. It would be fun. Pac-12 North. Any interest there? I think Oregon's probably the right team and, yeah. and i'm i'm actually kind of surprised it's only minus 110 i, I yep. mean I, I think they're clearly the right team uh yep. so I, that's a ticket i'm really thinking about yeah i mean especially if you look at the overall this i don't know if this is like the proper way to do it but if you look at the overall landscape of the pac-12 if you're still high on arizona state amidst all the ncaa stuff i think that oregon's the best team in the conference but i think the pac-12 south has the three next best teams two three and four and then washington would be after that so i, I just don't I don't really understand the gap of Oregon at minus 110 to Washington plus 140. I'm not like super anti-Jimmy Lake like you, but I think they're getting a lot of benefit of the doubt for a program that just like hasn't really done that much lately. They do not have the talent that Oregon does. I, I don't really understand those odds at all. I agree with you. I don't know if I'm going to take something here, but I think you're right. Oregon minus 110 is probably the right number. It's a great price. It is. Yeah. I think Washington is like the Cowboys offensive line of college football. Like they made the playoff five years ago. That's good. That's and good. and nobody has done the, the correction yet. Fuck, that's good. You said a lot of dumb shit on this episode, but that's good. <laughs> Thank you. You know, you gotta you gotta sift through a lot of shit to find the gyms. And that's especially true with Keep my that opinions. colander out, huh? Shake yeah. it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanna talk about the Heisman? <laughs> yeah, man. So Heisman odds, depending on what you're stated, what state you're in, some of the restrictions won't allow you to bet on this. Uh, the solution is just hang out in West Virginia for the college football season. Woo! Go up to Morgantown, meet Chase for a couple of brews. What's the local drink in Morgantown? Oh, what's, dude, what's you got the... it. Mario's Fishbowl and just, there you go. hey, walk in wearing whatever you want, wear your team colors. Everybody's going to look at you when you walk in. Just yell, pit sucks or eat shit pit and everybody buy you drinks. So Pitt beat West Virginia in 07. We don't need to talk about this again. Spencer Rattler is at plus 800. DJ, not a, I haven't gotten to the name pronunciation yet, have you? Uh, Ugalele, if I got is that, that right. Is that what it is? I haven't, I haven't spent time on that. He's at 1,100. Bryce Young, 1,100. JT Daniels, 1,200. CJ Stroud, 1,500. Sam Howell, 1,600. I'm not going to go through all of them, but a lot more uh, pretty high-profile quarterbacks, Garrett King, Corral, Slovis, etc., this is a. I know that you don't bet a lot on individual awards or even like individual prop bets. So I'm more curious what your approach is here. This scares me because Heisman voting is a joke. How they allow hundreds of people to cast their ballots before the season even ends 
is so far beyond my comprehension for the most prestigious like individual award in American sports that I don't even want a part of this because I don't know what these idiots are thinking. So I'm curious from a betting standpoint where you're going to take this conversation. Well, I think when you look historically, obviously there... Yeah, I, I did a segment on, on radio last week about this, so I'm actually... Were pretty, you, wait, Chase, were you on radio recently? I'm pretty prepped to do this conversation. You didn't mention that. Look, most of the time, it's a quarterback that wins it. And a lot of the time, if not most of the time, it is nobody you can identify in the preseason. All right? Like last year, obviously, Devonta Smith ends up winning it. Hey, guess what his odds were in the preseason? You want to take a guess? 10,000? I don't know. Off the board. Not even available to bet. Okay? And there's a lot of that. If you could find... Lamar Jackson a couple years ago on the board, he was like 11,000, okay? So most of the time, this is just, you know, it's this is so blog-driven, just people throwing names out there in the summer. And, like, Spencer Rattler is a great example. Why is Spencer Rattler the favorite to win the Heisman other than the fact that he's the quarterback at Oklahoma? Like, there is no reason to think that he is going to be the Heisman winner this year. But everybody's talking about him right now, like, oh man, like I give me some Spencer Rattler Heisman tickets, and and there's all this hype out there. He could win it. Obviously, he could win it. There's been two Oklahoma quarterbacks in the last four or five years that have won it. So obviously, it can happen. But there, we haven't seen anything that makes him the favorite. Ukulele played in like a half against Notre Dame or like like he hasn't even played 60 minutes of football yet has he well that like that's he's know the they're second different. most likely person to win it it's <laughs> dumb that this goes on too like there are these types of conversation for everybody until Sam Howell like JT Daniels has played a decent amount of football but he's also transferred he's gotten hurt he's played good football against bad teams Bryce Young hasn't played CJ Stroud hasn't played like these conversations go all the way down until you actually get to players that have played football. This is all, like you said, this is all built in hype and right. like deservedly so. Like the, these players, like Spencer Rattler will finish probably as a Heisman finalist in the top five. Like what you mentioned, I, I did a dive, I don't know, a couple of couple years ago looking at how unlikely it is for a Heisman winner to have finished in the top 10 the year before. And I think yeah. we've had maybe one or two like in the last three years. But before then, we went like a full decade in which the Heisman winner did not finish in the top 10 the year before. I think Baker Mayfield snapped that streak. But you're yes. right. So like, where where does that lead you to then? Like, is it Desmond Ritter? Because if Cincinnati goes 13-0, he's going to get a lot of pub. Maybe won't put up like massive numbers. Are you going all the way down to like Spencer Sanders? Are you going all the way down to your boy Bo Nix? Like, where does... Where does that lead you then? Because, I mean, it's an impossible game. It's like when we all kept talking about, hey, who's going to be the next UCF? Nobody has any idea. Otherwise, we'd all be saying that we did. Wh- where do you go here? Like, is it Samir White? Is it Tagovailoa? Like, I don't understand, like, how you can possibly pick that out. So is the best betting strategy to maybe take 10 of those guys because... Like Zamir White, for example, is at ten thousand. If you can get ten guys that are at five thousand or worse, like is that the right play here? I don't think so. Just because it it feels to me like you're you're not drastically improving your odds. There's a lot of quarterbacks and 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 good college players out there. If you buy five tickets instead of one, 
it just feels to me like you're throwing your money away five times instead of once. So I I think how I try to imagine this is I compare it a lot to the in, the in excuse me the NBA MVP in that it's so narrative driven. Like we even talk about this ephemeral Heisman moment thing, right? Where where nobody really so knows what stupid. it means, but God, it's stupid. Oh, but he he had that Heisman moment where basically you were in a close game and your team won. And maybe at some point you made like a great throw late in the game. Well, if you end up winning a game and you're the quarterback of a team in a close high profile game, yes, you probably did make a throw at some point. So it's all kind of dumb. But thinking along those lines, like you mentioned Ritter, that that is a pre-made narrative that we can all imagine. If Cincinnati goes 13 and 0 and makes the playoff, or is even in contention to make the playoff, is sitting there and flirting with it at the end of the season when we start talking about, seriously talking about these ballots, then Ritter could be a name that comes up. I'm thinking about, uh, we mentioned JT Daniels earlier. I actually don't think that's a horrible ticket. I don't like the price. I would like to get a little more return. But we've talked about Georgia's easy schedule. If Georgia is like 9-0, 10-0, pushing toward the SEC championship, like an undefeated SEC team that has the inside track to the playoff, they're probably going to be considered for the number one overall seed, and the quarterback is probably going to get Heisman hype. So I, I'm, I just try to imagine scenarios and likely outcomes that a Heisman narrative would attach itself to. Another extremely unsurprising couple of things that I've thought about based on all of the things I've said on this podcast and previous episodes of this podcast is I think you have to wonder if De'Eric King can get in there and I think you have to wonder about Matt Corral because if Ole Miss does any of the things I have suggested that Matt Corral is going to get some Heisman hype. So it's and at 20 to one, I do think it's worth considering that. I also think, in fairness, you have to wonder, man, how much Ole Miss stock do you want to hold? Because it's it's kind of all oh, or now, nothing. Now you're point. asking yourself that. Well, I'm saying if you're holding Ole Miss to win the West, the SEC West, Ole Miss to win the SEC. I've been Ole waiting for like six playoff, weeks for you to ask yourself that question. And now that we're talking about Heisman odds, you're point, like, hey, hey, maybe, maybe. I mean, I was asking you, should I go all in on Oregon? At over nine, and six hundred made the playoff, and now that you are like talking about sixty different bets on Ole Miss, we've gotten to Heisman odds. And now at this point, you're saying, "I'm saying, hey, maybe hey, you, you know what? You don't. Maybe you don't need to hold five Ole Miss tickets. Maybe oh, pick a couple. Really? What makes you say that? But it, in in line with this idea of. It's a it's a award that is often about quarterbacks and narratives. If Ole Miss in Lane Kiffin's first year goes to Tuscaloosa, wins in week five, you know, Andrew, I know you're a doubter, but you have to admit, if if that happens, he's at the top of the list in week six, you know? And so it's Well, no shit he is, but that's not gonna happen. Well, if it does, there's a twenty to one ticket here that you're gonna feel really good about. And I'm guessing that that points. What do you think that point spread's going to be? Week what, week five, Ole Miss at, at Alabama, seventy five. I don't know. Come on. Uh week five, thirteen. I think that's about right. Yeah, I think it'll be about that. 
We good? What, who do you like? You want me to talk about Penix? I don't think Sam Howell. I, if I had to take a bet, Sam Howell would be my bet. I think there's like a mix of a lot of what you just talked about in there. Like Desmond Ritter, the narrative is there. If, if he goes 13-0, first ever G5, yeah, like that's there. For Sam Howell, it's North Carolina is this outsider. A lot of people would hop aboard that train. Mac Brown is likable, etc. I don't know if the gap between them and Clemson is really as big as most people think it is because of the talent that Mac Brown is stockpiling there. I mean, he's basically just out recruiting and of all of his assistants are doing the coaching, which is an interesting model. And I'm curious if any other programs try to follow that. This has nothing to do with the Heisman, but I think that like the narrative is there and the potential is there for Sam Howell. I, again, the price, I don't know if I, there are other bets that I feel better about, frankly, like the difference between Cincinnati at 1100, for example, making the playoff. And I think Sam Howell is at 1600. Like that's kind of in the same ballpark for me. And I feel way better about Cincinnati making the playoffs, so I just think I'd probably put more money on that or take that one instead of just taking North Carolina. Are you at all worried about what I was just talking about, holding too much North Carolina stock? I'm not, though. <laughs> I'm taking North but Carolina But you're coming at me over. for holding too much Ole Miss stock? I'm taking North Carolina over 9.5. You, on the other hand, are taking Ole Miss to win the SEC West, Ole Miss to win the SEC Lane Kiffin to win every single coach of the I'm year. Definitely Matt not Corral to win Heisman. Not Ole all. Miss to win 12 games. Ole Miss to go undefeated. <laughs> You're taking all of these things, and Ole all Miss, I'm taking is Ole Miss North to Carolina. go 18-0. Heard it here first. Can we talk about – can we wrap this with uh, with one circle back to the NFL, actually? Please. I, there was a great little bit that I saw about the Saints on Twitter the other day, just kind of recapping. They're not in a great spot. <laughs> It's really bad, man. Uh, I, I want to pull it up real quick because it was so... It, Matt, This is a, a tweet from Matt Hinton. Saints offseason. Goat retires. Salary cap exodus. Lone remaining DT on rosters suspended. Star wideout aggravates injury. Posts feelings. Kicker is hurt. <laughs> CB1 arrested. Top free agent cornerback target arrested. Cornerback two retires during training camp. Hurricane, what else you got? I don't I'm liking think... that under. <laughs> what is that number? Eight and a half? Nine? I, I, I don't remember what it was when it we did... It had to have gone down, obviously. When we did the uh, when we did the, the Saints win total. But man, it really feels like that is just an under waiting to happen. I want to circle back to one thing really quick. There's not really a future, but it, you know, it kind of falls in that bucket. We had mentioned this a long time ago. Like, If you think an upset's going to happen in this week... Maybe look at the next week's numbers because that, that line's obviously going to move. Right now, Texas at Arkansas. Arkansas is plus four and a half. If you think Texas might lose, which we both do, I'm not completely sold that it's a guarantee Louisiana wins, but like if you think that Texas might lose that game or at least won't look good versus the versus Louisiana week one, and you think that Arkansas is like competent enough, which I do, Taking Arkansas at plus four and a half now might not be a bad idea and get ahead of this line because I, if Texas loses again or if they just don't look good against Louisiana, this number is not going to be four and a half. So if you think that's going to happen, maybe jump on this at four and a half right now. Yeah, and I think that, that's a really interesting sequence of games too because if it was Arkansas yeah. and then Louisiana, you right. might say, hmm, is that is that a letdown game? Because you, you know... 
you may you potentially opened with a road win against a big bad SEC team, and now you got to come play the the well, Raging take their Cajuns? take their take their names off of it. Pretend that Arkansas is coming to Austin. Well, sure. If if I'm if I'm the coach of Texas, then of course I'm saying, you know, hey everybody, listen to me. I'm Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, t- you know, don't worry about the names on the jerseys. Of course, that's what I would say as a coach. But I think the reality is, there. I mean, players players are 19 years old. You know, they, they they are subject to these emotional swings and subject to falling into the the brand game. So I mean, I, I don't I don't know that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but UConn is plus twenty eight in week two against Purdue. I I think Purdue cannot, loses to Oregon State in week one. So I cannot wait to bet against UConn in these SCs, uh these FCS games. I, I'm so I, I made so much money a couple years ago betting Harvard against UConn. Can't wait to do it again. I don't know. I might be taking UConn twenty eight right now. I don't think Purdue beats Oregon State in week one, so I think that this number is gonna move. 28 is probably I don't too think high I'm those. I don't think I'm betting on UConn FBS games. I don't I don't think I'm doing that. Week zero is coming next week. Four of those five games are posted on betmgm.com on the BetMGM Sportsbook app. We'll discuss them next week. We'll get into some other stuff. We'll do a full predictions episode and more before the season kicks off. Thank you for joining us throughout this preview series for both the NFL and college football. Always ping us on Twitter with any questions at High Motor Pod or anything else. We will see you back here on Monday. That is August 23rd for Week Zero.